to be honest, I think that period made me focus a lot more on who I am outside of cricket. Um, because, of course, life threw at me a curveball where I couldn't play cricket for a long time. So mm -hmm. it forced me to focus on myself in terms of who I am as a person um, I'm outside of cricket, you know. And, and I did that. And that's when my spiritual journey got, got deeper. Mm -hmm. um, it, was, it was during that time where I got closer to God. Um, I really found comfort in God uh, during that time. This episode of the Smart Athlete Podcast is brought to you by Solpri. If you're active at all, whether you're running or simply out walking for the day, you've probably experienced one of the number one problems that active people have, and that's chafing. Solpri's all-new, all-natural anti-chafe balm solves that problem while feeding your skin the vital nutrients it needs to be healthy. If you'd like to stop chafing once and for all and treat your body right, Go to Solpri.com to check out the anti-chafe balm today. And that's S-O-L-P-R-I.com. Welcome to the Smart Athlete Podcast. My guest today comes all the way from South Africa. Unfortunately, he's not here with me, so we got a little bit of time difference, but uh, he's maybe going to get something to eat after he's done talking to me because it's well into the evening, even though it's midday for me. He's a pro cricketer. Uh, if you don't know anything about cricket, start back with my episode with Mangi a couple, couple episodes ago. Um, first pro cricketer, and he recommend my guest today. Welcome to the show, Landizwa Zuma. Thank you so much. Thank you for having me. It's a, yeah. it's a pleasure to be here. Absolutely. Thanks for thanks for joining me. It's I, I say it every time, and and so for you listening, I'm I'm sorry I say it, but I try to I try to remember gratitude. I just I'm always thankful that I, you know the internet enables me to talk to people across the planet. Like it just you know as we were talking yeah. about before before we got recording. I basically just live in my house 23 hours a day most days and uh so the having the opportunity to basically get out quote unquote and talk to somebody on the other side of the planet is is nice because i yeah. you know when would i come across you otherwise i wouldn't so it's it's, it's, it's awesome <laughs> yeah. yeah well better safe than sorry isn't it <laughs> yeah um so we were talking about you got a lot of time on your hands uh we'll try not to spend too much time on this but you guys are back in back in lockdown uh, with COVID and trying to, trying to keep things off. So you're, you're off from training. So how are, how are you doing? How are you keeping yourself sane? What are you doing around the house? So you're not getting fat in between uh, being off from training. Yeah. Well, we just got the message like, uh, what's today? Today's Friday. We got the message on Wednesday um, that, uh, well, the, the president spoke on a Sunday and he, that's when he, he notified the country that we're going back onto level four. So we got messages on Wednesday to say that we're no longer allowed to be together. So we pretty much need to stay in our own spaces and try, you know, but hey, I still try to train. Yeah. Um, like for instance, this morning, I can, I can still, I'm allowed to still go out for a, for a run or, you know, do a bit of a homework out here outside. So I try to do that to, 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 to take up a bit of time. Uh, maybe read a book or two. Um, pretty much the second day, so I'm still trying to get back into finding a routine really that will yeah. try keep me entertained for most of the day. Up until then, it's like today. It's been a hell of a boring day, um, <laughs> but but I hope to find something um, again that's going to keep me entertained for a uh, majority of the day. Yeah. So you're saying before we got going, you were saying uh, you know you went out for like a 4K run this morning are you is that just like hey i'm doing it and it's my thing or are you like talking with the the new teammates in northwest and saying hey i'm putting in my time are you putting in your like is there any of that or, or is it just is it all on your own yeah it's all on my own to be honest and to be honest with you i hate running i know you love running, <laughs> running is your thing. um i hate running but as an athlete i'm sure you'd know you just have to do what you have to do Mm -hmm. um to, to to be in your best shape i'm a bowler i need a lot of endurance in my legs yeah and long distance is a, is a great thing for that you know so although i hate it I, i've got to do it to improve my own self uh, in terms of the the bowler that i am um so that's why that's why it's not part of the program um 
guys are sort of doing their own things at the moment. Mm-hmm. Um, and still, oh, uh, a new trainer just got appointed now, so I'm sure he's going to send us programs as soon as he's settled in. But for now, it's all on us. And yeah, I'm pretty much doing my own work on the side and trying to make sure that I don't slip into the trap of being comfortable <laughs> in, in this lockdown and be a couch potato. Yeah. And just actually wake up in the morning and, and do the training as if everything was normal. So I know, I mean, I know you got to get the running in. So I, I want to give you like a quick tip on, on the running side. Now, I don't expect you to like get into racing shape and like come run a race with me or anything. But yeah. one one way or kind of two ways to, to make it a little more bearable. And okay. this is this is like this is like a, a shortcut to your brain. Basically, I use this back okay. in college. Um, you know, when I was running those fast 5Ks I was telling you about before we got going, yeah. is first smile when you're out running. Not like the whole time, like a maniac. Don't just smile the whole time. <laughs> but like, you know, like you could set a timer on your watch, like every few minutes or something. Just force yourself because when we smile, okay. like you feel better. You like make okay. yourself feel better. So it works both ways. When you feel good, you smile. When you smile, you feel good. And then the other thing, and this is a trick that I, I heard about this championship coach using and then we used with our training program. We used it for when we were running hills specifically. Okay. But like if say you're out doing sprints or something, when you get done with one, like say you run a hill or you run a sprint, say out loud, I love sprints. Because we like, it's the same thing like smiling. We associate that word love with so many positive feelings. Yeah. That like, it, it, it helps turn that mentality where you're like, oh, this sucks and I'm suffering into at, at minimum, like this is bearable and I can do this. But if not, like it can turn it more positive. It, it's, okay. it sounds stupid, man. I know it sounds stupid, but yeah. I promise it works. If you, it if helps. you put it to work, it, it, it will help. I'll give it a shot tomorrow morning. I'm, I'll give it a shot. I'll give it a shot. You gotta commit. You gotta commit and do it at least a week, hopefully two weeks, and then keep a journal. See how you feel, and then see how it goes. I'll, I'll check back okay. in with you and see Thanks. see how it went. I'll definitely try that. <laughs> I need all the help to run this. So I'll try it. Well, it, so if if anybody checks out Londiza's uh, Instagram, like you're a pretty big guy. Like you're a big muscly guy. So it's not like long distance running is your thing, you know, you're super fit. So it, it, it's not a matter of, you know, you got a, a whole bunch of weight to lose or anything. It's just, it's going to, you're carrying around more weight. It's going to be harder on you than like somebody like me yeah. kind of lean because that's what I do. Yeah. Um, so yeah, any help we can give you, well, I'm happy to make, you know, try to make the journey I'm happy a little to easier. Receive all the help. I'm happy to receive all the help. <laughs> yeah. So, so what, I mean, what are you doing conditioning wise to, to, to bowl? And so for my U S listeners, um, Londiza is basically the equivalent of a pitcher, um, in cricket. He's, he's the one throwing the ball around. So, I mean, conditioning wise, what are you doing? Like when you get together with the team, uh, to get, to get ready to not, you know, have shoulder issues. Um, yeah. cause you, you fast pitch, don't you? Or you're yeah. fast bowler. That's right. So it works differently for different people. Um, that's why that's why we have conversations or one-on-ones with with, with a trainer in the preseason. So to, to to pretty much find out what works for you, um, because what could make me a quick bowler wouldn't be the same as Adele Stain, for instance. You know, um, we we work differently. For me specifically, I rely a lot on power. Um, um, to get my pace. So I like to do a lot of things in gym that will improve my power um, in terms of pace, but as well, but in saying that also to try and remain as, as supple as I can, because you, you can't be stiff. You can't be, you can't be stiff. You, you're going to, you know, have a lot of injuries if it's mm-hmm. like that. So that's what I try to do. That's what I try to focus on. I'm still trying to figure out the perfect way that works for me as, as I go on. But, but for now, I, I know what does work for me is a lot of explosive stuff um, in gym, you know, clean jerks and all that type of stuff mm-hmm. that, that, that usually helps for me. And I also focus a lot on my shoulders. Um, a lot of my pace comes from my shoulders. So I try to make sure that it's nice and strong at all times. It doesn't fall under strain at any time of the season. So that's pretty much what I do to, 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 to make me as quick as I can for as long as I can. 
Yeah. And it kind of reminds me around uh, last week, I was talking with uh, a couple trainers that wrote this book called Functional Training Anatomy. And it, in the book, it talked about like, you got to be flexible, but you have to have like high mobility, which mm-hmm. is confusing to a lot of people because they're like, well, if I'm flexible, I'm mobile, right? And they're like, well, no, because you can be flexible and like, you know, pull your arm back. It's like, okay, it can move but can you put power through that whole range of motion? And like, that's what I'm imagining. Like you've got to have is that, that power through the whole, you know, the whole throw. You can't just like, okay, if you could stretch, that's great. But if you don't have any power, like what what are you going to do? Yeah, absolutely. So I I was trying to read a little bit about um, bowlers and kind of the job you've got going on. And and I know like there's different styles of bowling, different speeds, um, and I, again, because since I don't know much, just treat me like a five-year-old, basically, that you're trying to teach cricket for the first time. Yeah. Um, is it, do you have longevity, you know, being a quick bowler, having that power, like as you get older, or do you have to learn the kind of like throwing with curves and doing all that stuff? Or, or can you just continue with your style, you know, throughout your career? Quick bowling is, is a lot of strain in the body. Um, the, the body was never built to bowl. So it's, it's, it's a lot of strain on the body, especially in, in the test match format or the, the, the longer format of the game, mm-hmm. because you bowl so many overs, uh, you get through so many overs in a day. Um, it's, it's very, very straining on the body. That's why you find that a lot of the times it's the bowlers that retire before the batters, because it's a lot of strain mm-hmm. um, um, on the body, you know? And you also find that the older bowlers get, the more they lose their pace. Um, probably because of the body just deteriorating as, as, as they're getting older. You know, you do get to exceptions, you know, um, that, that go the whole way through. I mean, for instance, James Anderson is approaching his 40s now. He mm. plays for England and he's, he's looking like, it looks like he can go for another 10 years, <laughs> you know. But, but in general, in general, bowlers do retire quicker because of the amount of strain that's, that's, that's on the body, you know. That's why it's important for us to really take care of our bodies as much as we can, mm-hmm. you know eat the right stuff, drink the right stuff to prolong our careers, essentially, you know. We, we have it tough. Batters have it, we have it, we have it tough out there on the field. It's, it's, it's really straining. I know when you watch cricket, it doesn't really look like it's, it's, it's that, that straining, but mm-hmm. I promise you, if I were to come to America tomorrow and make you bowl two overs, you wouldn't be able to wake up tomorrow. That's how sore your body would be. Oh, but you know? I don't doubt it. That's like we were, I feel like we were talking about before we were, we were going, we we're talking about like world record 10K pace and those guys are running 26 minutes for a 10K and it just looks like they're out for a jog. Like the pros, like you, it, like in your sport, make it look easy because yeah. you do it so well. But it's like, and I was talking about this with uh, Kim Vandenberg, who's a, a, US, a retired US Olympic swimmer. We're talking about the idea of like pros or when the Olympics come up, we talk about like pros versus Joes. Like how do you get like somebody average and put them up against the pros? So you can see yeah. the difference. Yeah. Like see, you know, so that it would be, it would be a train wreck if it was like you and I got together and you're trying to teach me how to bowl. <laughs> <laughs> there, there's a reason I run. There's no ball involved. Yeah. 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 Absolutely. But it, you know, it would it would give uh, a pretty good illustration of how good you are at it. So maybe uh, yeah. maybe maybe uh, when we can get all the COVID stuff situated, uh, I can figure out how to fly over. We can film some um, some terrible terrible bowling <laughs> lessons. We can make something happen. Absolutely. <laughs> uh, so it, that reminds me. I I listened to uh, uh, an interview you did with uh, a cricket podcast and. Um, that kind of when you had transitioned, I don't know if it was your transition because I think early on you were playing soccer as a kid and then you kind of moved yeah. to cricket. I don't know if it was that transition or the transition from playing like T20 to, to full test, the, the longer format that you were like, you felt like your body was just beaten up. Do you know yeah. what I'm talking about? Yeah, I know exactly what you're talking about. See, in school cricket, um, it's not like the exact same format as it is in professional cricket, right? When it comes to the longer format of the game. So in school cricket, you, you do play 20 overs, um, you do play 50 overs, but that, that's pretty much it. 
Um, the really testing format of cricket is is the longer format, the test match format, or the we call it the four day format, or we call it first class cricket. Here, and if, if if we say first class cricket, we're basically referring to the test match cricket. Mm -hmm. um, if we say list A cricket, we're referring to T20s. Okay. Um, so so first class cricket is is not really played. It's not played. That format is not played in school. So your body is not really tested. Um, because if you play a T20 game, you're only bowling four overs, and that's you. You're done. Um, if you're playing a 50-over game, you're only uh, bowling 10 overs. That's you. You're done. But when you step into the professional realm and you start playing first-class cricket, you can get through 25 overs in one day. You know, and and that's 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 very strenuous on the body. You know, mm -hmm. so that transition from school into professional cricket was really really tough for me. And the first time I played that format um, was when I made my debut in 2014. Mm -hmm. And that's when I really, really felt it because I think I only bought like 11, 12 overs in the day that game, but it felt like it felt like I just ran the ran the comrades marathon because it, that's how tough it was on my body, you know. Um, so I didn't feel like school cricket prepared. I don't feel like school cricket prepares high schoolers or prepares their bodies enough for mm -hmm. professional cricket because that format is not played in school. It's yeah. almost like a shock to your body when that happened, you know. So that period was really tough. It was it was a real shock on my body. When you were were you what, 18, 19 at the time? The, the I was eighteen at the time. Yeah. So I mean, that's I think you think about like the physical changes you're undergoing because you're mid twenties now, right? Twenty four, twenty five. Yeah. 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 Um, the the like you're only just now getting into what I would call like not peak but near peak like physical fitness for a, a, like a lifetime like at 18 you still have so much growing to do so it I can imagine like how big a jump that's got to be just on the strain of an 18 year old but I mean it it seems like you've definitely grown into it with like how strong you are now yeah definitely now I've yeah. gotten I've gotten used to it of course when you oh well I don't think you ever get used to it your, your body will always <laughs> be sore, but you're a whole lot more prepared for it Yeah. Um, as, as compared to school. Now you do all the necessary gym work that you need to do. You know exactly what you need to do to try to overcome that, that type of um, toughness on your body, you know? So, but it comes with experience. But that's me. For some people, they actually don't find it that hard. Um, straight from school, they get into cricket, into the longer format, and their bodies may be sore, but they don't find it that hard. But I, I, I really did, especially because, like I said, I rely a lot on power, so there's there's a lot of effort that mm -hmm. I put in when I when I need to bowl. So you can imagine the amount of strain that I put my body under. So when when that happened for that long period of time, it was just a shock. But now I still get a bit sore, but I obviously I'm a whole lot more prepared for it, and I get to it nicely. Yeah, well, I I would be surprised, no, maybe not surprised, but astounded if like you guys didn't get sore. I mean, playing three, four, five days like in a, a yeah. row just that's all, that's all I was saying with Maggie just like I'm an endurance athlete but like even my longest races were like four and a half hours and then I'm done and then yeah. I don't do another one until next month yeah <laughs> you know, there's training and stuff but I don't it's yeah it's, but you know you guys are out there for a while and you know in your case tons of explosive power it's not like we're going out for an easy jog for a couple hours and we're going to yeah. do it tomorrow. It's, it's, you know, how can, right. How can, how fast can we bowl over and over and over and over? Yeah. Um, it, in, I lost my train of thought. We'll see if I can get it back. Um, yeah. Nope. It's gone. That's okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, so you want to talk about, Oh yeah, that's what it was. Um, so, I think I read early on, if you don't mind talking about it, you had a, a pretty bad injury. I, I think I read with your back or something that, that yeah. put you out for a considerable amount of time. Yeah. So again, that, that was part of the transition in terms of the workload from mm -hmm. school cricket into, into professional cricket. Um, that was a back, a back injury that took me out for 19 months in total. Yeah. Um, it was a really, really, really tough period in my life. Um, I was 18, 19 at the time, and I was beginning to accept the reality that my career was over before it even started because it was it was not getting better. I mean, the pain on my back in the 16th month was just as bad as it was in the first month. You know, it's tough to keep yourself 
you know, to be hopeful still that there's still, there's still, you know, a future for you. So for me, or to accept that at that tender age, to accept the reality that it's over, was you know, it hit me really hard and it put me in a really dark space. Luckily at the time I did, uh, well, still today, I've got a very supportive family. Um, they were with me throughout that, throughout that time. And uh, I'm really appreciative for that, you know. And at the time I also had a girlfriend and which, which really helped, you know, um, because I was with her a lot of the times and, you know, it, it almost makes you forget about what you're going through, which, which was really needed for me at the time, you know, mm -hmm. because to focus too much on it, I remember I'd, have, I'd, I'd end up having random tensions just because I was mad. It would hit me every now and then that, damn, it's done. Um, it's, it's not getting any better. And here I was sitting on my couch and watching my age mates move their careers forward. And I'm sitting on the couch not being able to do anything about it. You know, it was, it was, and at the, at, there was a point in time where the doctors didn't know what was going on. You know? So it was, it was really bad um, to, to go through that period, you know. But again, it was caused from the transition of the intensity from high school cricket into, into professional cricket, you know. I was fortunate enough while I was in, I was in as soon as I finished my matric year, uh, I went straight into training with the Dolphins, which is the professional side. And obviously yeah. they train it up way higher intensity than, than a high school side. And a high school side, we were trained about twice a week, top up on Friday, play on Saturday. Whereas with the Dolphins, we trained from Monday to Friday at high intensity. And the coach was the legendary Lance Klusner. So here I am as, as a youngster um, bowling in front of Lance Klusner. Of course, I'm going to give my all every single ball. But I wasn't aware of the transition my body was going through because I've gone from bowling twice in a week um, at an intensity of about 70% to bowling five times in a week at an intensity of 100%. Um, my, body, my, body, my body took strain. Um, because of that, we went to a tournament in Cape in Stellenbosch. That's when my body went, my back went from that, from overuse, pretty much. I was never really introduced gradually into it, which is what is done now. Um, it was just straight into it, and for me, that was so. That's where the injury came from, and it lasted way longer than it was supposed to. Because I remember when I got injured, the doctors told me, "Don't worry, it's four months, four months, four months, and you'll be back into it." Well, 19 months later. Yeah. It was a really difficult time of my life. Yeah. You know, I, you know, I was talking about my own injury and we, so I can, I can get at least some idea about how you must've felt. Cause I know I went through, you know, really dark place there and you fortunately uh, found a way to get back into it. You know, you're still playing now. Um, what, you know, when did, when did things start, clicking it again when does things start feeling good again i mean it was 19 months but just was it after 16 17 months you started to maybe have hope or or you know when did the light start to come back on that's a really good question i've never been asked that question before um well i just imagine well, it's, it wasn't like it's all dark and then it it's all perfect like there's gotta be yeah, there's some transition there, be, right? absolutely absolutely yeah. so for good 18 months, I'd say. So in the 18th month was when I started having hope because that's when I started bowling again, like one step, two steps, and I wouldn't feel anything, you know, yeah. three steps, four steps. Okay, I'm not feeling anything. Okay, there's hope now. I, I, I hadn't had that feeling for 18 months of my life. Every mm -hmm. time I tried, pain. Okay, let's try now after four months, pain. Let's try now after two months, pain. Let's try after one month, pain. So when I tried and there was no pain, then that hope started coming back that, okay, mm -hmm. I'm, I'm going to be all right. I'm going to be all right. And a month after that, I was able to go, which, which is crazy. I'm in the Northwest now. My first game after 19 months, I played in the Northwest. You know, so this field holds, holds a special place in my heart because it was, it was sort of a, a reassurance to me that game that you're still fine and you still have a career in this, in this cricket team. Yeah. It, yeah. It's just... It, it, it always amazes me, like, hearing stories like yours. It's just, like, that there's – I mean, 18 months is a long time for anybody, but especially for, like, somebody that age, like, that's yeah. such a long time. It, it feels like – it feels like forever, you know. Um, so, for you listening, I don't know how old you are, but, like, if you've been through college or if you're in college, like, 
18 months, that's a year and a half in college. If you think about that period of your life, that's, I mean, that's, that, that seems like, I mean, it seems like it takes forever to get through and to, to basically be, you know, like robbed of what you're doing. Yeah. The thing, the thing that you do is it, did you struggle with, you know, the identity of like, who am I now? Cause you know, I know, I know for the longest time, like I have been like, I'm a runner and I'm a triathlete and that's my identity. And I, I kind of moved away from that. I can't remember whether I talked to Maggie about this or not, but I talked to guests on occasion. It's like, who, who are we? Are we only the thing we do or are we more than that? So I kind of just wonder, yeah. like, especially at such a young age, cause you know, that's, that's the thing you wanted to do. Did, did that go through your mind or were you still just like, no, I'm a bull or it doesn't matter whether I'm hurt or not. Um, to be honest, I think that period made me focus a lot more on who I am outside of cricket. Um, because of course life threw at me a curveball where I couldn't play cricket for a long time. So mm -hmm. it forced me to focus on myself in terms of who I am as a person um, I'm outside of cricket, you know, and, and I did that. And that's when my spiritual journey got, got deeper. Mm -hmm. um, it was it was during that time where I got closer to God. Um, I really found comfort in God uh, during that time, um, you know, and it really, that really, really kept me going. If I'm being honest, you know, it, it, I don't know, it gave me, it was like, a, I could, I could fall on it whenever, whenever I felt like giving up because those thoughts did, did cross my mind. I, I did, I did reach point where I was like, it's over. Um, there's no point in me trying anymore. There's no point in me going to physio anymore. Mm -hmm. There's no point in me being worried about it anymore because it's over. There would be moments like that, but then I'd be reassured spiritually that it's going to be okay. It's going to be okay. So I, I awakened my spiritual side during that time of which I'm very appreciative because I'm still very much aware of that side till mm -hmm. today, you know? And if it wasn't for that time, I don't think I would have paid much attention to that spiritual side. Um, till today so it did awaken that side of me of which I'm appreciative for it had to take a time like that um, to me for me to 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 realize how important spirituality is to me you know and that's that's a part of me that I discovered during that time it's always interesting to me um, whether people carry that on or not because I think it's easy I'll say easy but that's just the best word I have. I don't know if that's the right word. I think it's easy for people to try to reach out to God or reach, reach out to a higher power or something when things are going yeah. wrong, but yeah. much harder to carry that on when things are going well. 100%. So it's, it's just, it's always interesting to me to, to see who does and who doesn't. And I'm certainly not here to judge or say you should or shouldn't. I don't know. Um, but just as somebody who's interested in the human condition, I guess uh, yeah. it, it's interesting to see. And, and like I said, in the beginning with, with trying to be grateful about the opportunity to speak with people on the other side of the planet, like I feel like trying to have that connection when uh, things are going well is, is in at least in part a, a practice of gratitude and just saying mm -hmm. like, you know, I'm glad, I'm glad things are going well. I recognize things yeah. are going well and I'm, I'm enjoying what's happening now and keeping that perspective. So it's, it's, it's cool. You've kept, you know, kept that going on. Yeah. No, hundred percent, hundred percent, you know, it's pretty, not just with God for me, it's just, I think the right word to use is spirituality. Mm -hmm. um, I've got in, in tune with my spiritual side, you know, both with God. Um, we, 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 we there's also um, to not, dive deep into it, you know. Um, we also believe in ancestors um, mm -hmm. in terms of my culture, you know. You're not forced to, it's up to you, of course, but majority of, 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 of us in terms of my culture, we do believe in our ancestors. And that's what I also believed was able to get me through the time, you know, and that's also got to do with spirituality. You know? mm -hmm. So I got, I really got in tune with that, with that side of, 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 of me. And I'm really happy that that happened. This seems like so. So, you've got a couple of Instagrams. Uh, so we'll have in the description we'll have links. Um, so if you don't know how to spell Londiza, that's okay because it'll be in the description. You can click on stuff. 
but you just so you've got your personal instagram um and then you've also got uh basically real talk with you and, and you get you know different kinds of conversations with people and and yeah. quotes and stuff so it seems like you know you're trying to reach out and motivate and uplift other people which yeah. again seems like just another like gratitude practice because it's not just you know how am i doing how's my game playing but like 100%. how can i lift up other people so did, i mean was that did that come come out of this whole experience or like how, how did that get started um i've always been into it if i'm being honest um um i've always been open to it from a very young age i've always been interested in it from a very young age um i've i've always listened to guys like ray lewis um at, at a young age he had a big part to do with it you know i'm a big fan of him and 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 the way that he speaks and you know and the way that he articulates himself and what he does to uplift people um but it really started from a young age i've i've, I've found myself in positions where i've had to make big decisions at a young age for instance when i was 13 years of age i had to make a decision to cut friends off at that age so i was i was aware what was wrong and what was right to that point at that age you know so i believe i've always had that that gift of of being able to you know differentiate or being able to motivate not only other people but myself first before i can motivate other people you know i was able to separate myself and make decisions like that at a young age um and that they were going to influence my whole life as a whole you know um, to, to give you an example my parents don't know this. It's probably my first time saying this <laughs> um, on an interview, but I, I got into alcohol at the age of 11. Mm -hmm. You know, I, I grew up in the hood. You're exposed to these things 24-7. Yeah. Um, there's no running away from it, you know, of which, why I'm, which is why I'm also thankful of sports. It took me away from the street um, a lot of the time, so I didn't really have much time to, to be within that environment all the time, you know, but you're exposed to it, Yeah. you know, and I remember I had my first sip of alcohol when I was 11 years old, but it was more because of who I was associating myself with mm -hmm. at the time. I didn't wake up one day and say, I feel like having alcohol today. No, yeah. it, was, it was because of what I was seeing, what was happening around me, and then I mm -hmm. got into it. You know? And then I realized at the age of 12, 13, that this is not going to help me. Mm -hmm. This is not, this, this, this is, I'm making the wrong decision for my life right now. So at that age, that's when I made the decision of, I'm going to cut myself from these people. I'm going to stay indoors. It even got to the point where my mother kept on asking, why are you staying so indoors so much now? I couldn't say because I don't want to drink, <laughs> but I'd be like, oh, well, yeah, I just enjoy being indoors now. But I knew what I was doing. I was separating myself from, yeah. that, from, that, from, from that company to make sure that I'm aligning myself perfectly um, with what I was trying to achieve. So that small example goes to show, it goes way back, yeah. even when when I was 13 years of age. And then as I got, as I got older, I was able to just build on it and build on it and build on it. So eventually I was like, you know what? I'm digging into this. I love it. Why not share with people? Cause it can only help. It can only uplift. It can't do any harm. It can only do good. Right. And I'm all for helping and uplifting people at in times of difficulties. And that's why I started the page and every quote you'll see on the page comes from a personal life experience. And that's why I like sharing things that I've personally experienced so that my point of reference is experience. It's not, it's not, uh, I think, no, it's yeah. what I felt and how I dealt with it. And that's why I feel comfortable to share it. Yeah. It, so I, I got to back up a little bit, but I mean, that's, I feel like that's a big, a big move or a big insight for somebody that's 12 to, to say, you know, to, to look and look at where you are and go like, this isn't, I think, as you said, I think you said, you know, this isn't going to help me or this isn't going to get me yes. where, where I want to go. Uh, and then at, at that age, you're not, you're not thinking about cricket quite yet. Are you? No. I was like, I didn't no. think it was quite there yet. So yeah. then, I mean, I mean, that's, you know, half a lifetime ago for you, but can you, can you remember like, was it like, hey, I just, you know, I want to get out of here, or I think you were playing soccer. Was it I want to play soccer? Like, 100%. was there was there anything else? Was that the 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 motivation tied to that, or or can you remember what kind of went along with that? Um, I'll tell you when or what 
the, 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 the situation that triggered for me to think like that or to change my okay. uh, approach. You know, I was still, you correct, yeah, I was still playing soccer at the time. I was playing for Manchester United. And I remember that one weekend, my parents were in Joburg, I think. So they went home. Um, I saw an opportunity. And, you know, they're not home. We can just come home. Let's have a couple of drinks. And I had a game the following day. Um, I obviously woke up. I wasn't feeling the best. Um, I went to the game. I was feeling awful. And I had a horrible game. Um, of course, you know, I had, I had a shock over game. And it was after that game that I decided this is not on. Um, it's affecting the way that I play. At the time, soccer was my first love. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it's affecting the way that I play. I'm not used to playing this badly. So I need to do something about this. And the only way that I can change this is if I separate myself, you know, cause I was, I was four years younger than the guys I was chilling with at the time. Mm-hmm. You know? So it was very easy to succumb to peer pressure. So yeah. the best solution for me was just to remove myself um, from the, from that situation. So that was the moment that triggered me when I remember I was playing right back that game. And I remember just being troubled and I had a horrible game. That's the, that's, I made that decision right on the field that this, this is the last time I do this and I'm going to rectify this and the rest is history. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's an easy way to sum up the next like 10 years, the rest is history. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and here we are. So I think I saw too, I mean, you, you're involved in like community outreach kind of stuff now too. Is that all tied together or is that, is that stuff you do with the team or, or you just you do that stuff out on your own? Yeah, from, from time to time, we do that with, with, with teams that we're involved in, you know, but it definitely is, is a goal of mine when, when I can mm-hmm. to be able to help those that in need um, yeah. more than just motivation. Like, there are a lot of people who need the basic stuff out here. Mm-hmm. And it's definitely, it's been on my mind a lot of late um, in terms of how I can help um, children and whoever needs that little help that I can give. Um, so I'm definitely wanting to, to, to be more active there. Um, I don't want to wait for the team to initiate. Um, I, want to, I want that to come from the goodness of my own heart. Yeah. But first, of course, I need to be able to do that, you know? So I'm, I'm definitely looking to, to go towards that in the near future. One of the things that it, it, it happens a lot, especially with the like bigger sports stars here in the US is they'll start you know, foundations or yeah. nonprofits and stuff to, to kind of support whatever cause that, that you know, that, that kind of touches their lives. And it, it always makes you wonder about, you know, is that the right way to approach it? Is there a wrong way to approach it? Maybe is a better way to go mm-hmm. about it. But then like, along with that is like, is there a responsibility for somebody like yourself who to weigh in on social issues, whether it's helping people or having an opinion on things. I know I've seen kind of negative comments, not about you in particular, but just if a, so like um, when I was talking to Mangy, he knows Tom Brady. And so the team we have here in Kansas city has kind of the next Tom Brady or that's what they're calling him. And yeah. so he'll talk about things and people were like, people love him, but at the same time, they'll be like, stick to football. Like, yeah, yeah, that's what you do. Don't weigh in on this. And I think I struggle with this too. I don't know what the right thing is. Cause as, as a professional, there's a lot of eyes on you, right? I mean, people watch you bowl. They, they you know, I'm sure you've got fans and I, I just wonder, I guess, what your thoughts on like, do you have a responsibility as somebody that has all these eyes watching you to be an example, to give back, or is it, this is just my job and you know, this, this is all I need to do. I think for me, uh, if you're doing it to impress, uh, if you're doing it, then you're doing it for the wrong reasons. Um, for me, if you're going to do it, it must come from, a good place it must come from you know that's why i guess different strokes for different folks but that's why i'm not a fan of of people who do it in front of cameras 
Yeah. Uh, because it gives me the impression that it's more for you and your brand mm -hmm. than than it is for for the people that you're trying to help. But hey, either way, whether it's for 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 the person and their brand, the people are still getting helped anyways. Yeah. You know, but for, I'm a true believer that I'm more than just a cricketer. Um, I'm a human being, and as a human being, I've got feelings. As a human being, I've got emotions, and as, as a human being, although I am a cricketer, I still allow to reach out and want to help in other facets where I can. Um, so, as much as you're a professional athlete and you should be doing this, it does not take away the fact that you are a human being and you've got feelings and you've got a heart, you know. And there's nothing wrong with re with, with reaching out and and trying to help help people you know, who are not in the position to help themselves. You know, I just, I just really hope that when we do it as people, we're doing it for, because it's coming from the goodness of our hearts and we're not doing it to satisfy other agendas. Yeah, it, you, I don't know that this is a question so much as you made me think about, um, you know, you said doing things off camera and I, I get it uh, on the one hand, like, like say like a, a PRP, like a video from time to time, like promoting, you know, your organization to try to raise funds to help. Yeah, yeah. But it yeah. made me think about, you know, there's these like YouTube channels of people that are supposedly like helping homeless people by giving them money and like in making this like tear jerking video. And like, that's the whole channel is them just like almost like preying on homeless people by making these videos and then they make they make a ton of money from these videos and it's like it, it it's 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 disingenuous like it's just it yeah. yes i guess you're kind of you're helping them but it's like are you really doing it because you're trying to help them or are you doing it because you want to make a lot of money and you like pull exactly. people's heartstrings exactly. so I, like I said, it's not really a question. It just made me think about that. And I, I kind of have a disdain um, for, for those kind of channels. Cause it's like, I, I don't know, just, as you said, if, if you're going to do it, like, do you really need the credit attached to it? Like, is that your motivation? Yeah. But I guess there's different reasons because maybe, maybe if a Cristiano Ronaldo mm -hmm. was to, was to post on his page that he's helping people, maybe 3 million other people are not going to help other people yeah. because he posted it, you know? So there's also good to, to, to posting that you're doing it yeah. um, because you could influence other people, right. you know, to, to also do it, you know? But for me, as, as long as it's coming from the goodness of your heart, for me, yeah. that's, that's all that matters. I know I said, I'm not a fan of things that happen on camera, off camera, but there are a lot of reasons. I mean, if it happens on camera, it can also be a good thing because you yeah. can influence other people into doing it. You know? So whether it's on camera or off camera, I can say as long as it's coming from the goodness of your heart. You know, If it's for the benefit of you, like you said, those YouTubers were making millions because they take a 30-second video helping the homeless, I question your morals. Right. You, you know, are, you really, are you really doing it for, for them or what the case may be? So as long as it's coming from the goodness of your heart, I'm all for it. Yeah. That's, I think that's the fine line. That's hard. It's hard to tell sometimes. I, 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 those two cases are a little easier to split where you can say like, you know, if, if I saw you at, you know, serving in a soup kitchen or something like there's no cameras around, clearly you're not there for the PR. Yeah. And then the other side with like the YouTubers and then there's all the in-between that's like, you know, there's no, the person knows because I, I don't think that you can really know what's in somebody else's heart, but I think that's a good test, at least for yourself is to say, you know, where's like, where's the purpose of this coming from? Yeah. And only you would know, only you would know, I guess. Right, right. Um, so before we run out of time, um, you probably heard me when I talked to Mankey, uh, if you listen to his interview, I asked him this question. I'm asking everybody the same question this year. And I, I think uh, it seems like I say this often because everybody goes through struggles, but you had such a big struggle that I think this fits well with you too. I'm asking everybody this year, how do you stay motivated after failing to reach a goal? Oof. 
you know what? Um, we spoke about the 19-month injury. Um, I'm just going to have to give context to this so that you can understand what I'm okay. saying. Um, after the 19-month injury, I went back. I played cricket. I had a great season. Um, and I signed a contract with the Dolphins again, right? Um, excited. My career is going up. Everything is happening. And then before I play my first game, I injured my knee. Doctors told me I, I ruptured my PCL and I had to do an operation out for six months. Our season is six months long. So there was another season out. Um, you can imagine now what I was going through. I like this again. I'm going to go through this again with a new team. I just signed a new contract. Everything is looking good. And now I'm at rock bottom again. Mm -hmm. You know, this, this can't be right. This can't be life. That was like my, my, my thinking, you know. I went into depression that time. Um, you know, again, that time back to old habits, alcohol, because that's, that's for me, it was the only way of which I look back now and it was the wrong way. But mm -hmm. at the time it was the only way to like find some sort of happiness. You forget mm -hmm. about this. It was like a temporary, a temporary solution, you know, uh, but again, I came back to my senses and, and I started pushing, but in that experience, I learned something. Because we fail so much. As, I don't know about other uh, sports, but in cricket, last I checked, 70% of the time you fail. You only succeed 30% of the time at what you do. That's a lot of failing. And if you don't come up with the right method to deal with failure, you're going to have a problem. You, 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 you're going to have a real problem. I've, a lot of cricketers after retirement need to go see therapists because they've had to fight this thing of failure for 10 years, 11 years of their lives. So if you don't have a, a formula as to how to deal with it, there's going to be a real, a real problem. And it had to take that experience for me, my knee injury to realize or to come up with a formula that, 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 you know, that works for me in terms of how to deal with such failure. Because it was the second time I deal with massive failure um, in a short period of time. You know, I mean, the injuries are only one year apart, you know, um, and this is what I came to because I kept on working, but you know, I was getting injured because I, I kept on getting disappointment because I had this expectation in my mind that I should be fine by this particular time. Mm. And when that time came and I wasn't fine, it hit me hard. Then I told myself, no, keep working. You should be fine by this particular time. That time comes and you're not okay. And then I hit rock bottom again. And then I realized the lesson that life was trying to teach me. And this is the lesson it taught me is that it's okay to keep trying. You have to keep trying. You, you have to keep having that attitude of wanting it now. But just couple that attitude with a mindset that understands that everything happens at its own time. Mm -hmm. As soon as I accepted that, I've dealt with failure so, so much better because I no longer have that expectation of I should be here at this particular time or out of this game, I should get so in this many wickets or uh, I no longer have expectation. I just control what I can. I control my preparation. I control my attitude. And then I just control the controllables really. And I let what the things that I can't control control themselves. That's been my mechanism to deal with, with keeping myself motivated. It's, I found it easier to stay motivated when you haven't put a time period in your, or a time frame in your mind. You know? Because what, what if you're motivating yourself and you're saying, I'm gonna motivate, motivate myself so that by the 20th of July, I go to this particular tournament. Then the 20th of July strikes and you're not chosen. Then what? Then you hit rock bottom. And then it's tough to motivate yourself again after hitting rock bottom. So rather go the mentality of I'm gonna give my all and I'm just gonna let the universe, I'm just, uh, uh, I'm just gonna let the universe deliver at its own timing. That's. I talk about this from with different people sometimes, but I definitely had a hard time when I was younger with that timeline, especially when you get injured and you're like, mm -hmm. all right, like this is the day or, or even when you're not injured, you know, in my case, I'm like, this is the time I want to run and I'm going to do it at this race or by, you know, this exactly. and then it doesn't happen. And you're like, it, it's, it's a letdown, but then you got to keep going forward. And it, I've gotten to this place now where you know, people ask me, it's like, I run a couple of businesses. So sometimes people ask me like, oh, what are your business goals? And like, blah, blah. I'm just like, yeah. 
I don't know. I just keep doing what I do and Nick, it'll, I'll get there when I get there. Like there's, there's so much extra stress involved with being like, it has to happen by this date. Yeah. And I think for people like us, we don't need the extra motivation. I think people that have no motivation, having a date helps you get off the couch and get started. Yeah. But like when you've already got that fire raging inside you, then it's just, it starts burning you up instead of, instead of moving you forward. So I definitely got to agree with you on that. It's like, it, it's such a big lesson to internalize to like, like you said, let go, trust that the universe will deliver Yeah. when it's going to, if it's going to, and just yeah, do your thing. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. Londizwa, uh, where can people find you? The Instagrams, Twitter, any of that kind of stuff. Where, where can people check out what you're doing? And then hopefully with the upcoming season, how, you know, how things are going with Northwest. Yeah. Um, people can find me on, on Instagram. I'm Luandi57. That is my, my personal page where you can see uh, my personal stuff that, that I do. And my motivation page is Luandi57 underscore real talk, where I share the things that I've been through. On Facebook is Luandi Swazuma. That's, that's, that's where you'll find me, Luandi Swazuma on Facebook. Um, in terms of Northwest, really excited really excited for the season it's my it's my biggest move so far um you know so um hopefully COVID doesn't doesn't stand in the way um because i'm really really excited for what's ahead it's it's a new structure in south african cricket so we're all going into like a new thing so the excitement is 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 in the air you know and um hey man i'm just i just i'm just gonna have to keep doing what i've been doing and yeah, I look forward to the experience. I look forward to 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 impacting this environment in a positive way and leaving my mark as Lonnie Zuma in the Northwest. Awesome, man. Thanks for hanging out with me today. Thank you so much for having me. I really appreciate it. It's been a pleasure.